Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I've got my buddies here. Uh, I'm so glad that you're here, both of you. Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. He, the venerable Tom Dorian. Thank you. Uh, so Thank you. Uh, we're so happy uh, to be continuing in this little series we're doing on the glorious mysteries uh, of the rosary. And uh, we'll say it again. We say it at the beginning of most of these programs. It's like, I think it's important that we stop and realize what we're doing as Catholics. I, I think it's beautiful that we have essentially wrote or... or um, uh, memorized prayers. I, I think it's great that we have like prayers that are gifts of the ages that have been with the church for a long period of time. But I think sometimes we can also be guilty of praying those prayers in a way that are not um, really the way they were intended, that we're not like actually praying in the spirit with which those prayers were uttered. And because we can just kind of rattle off prayers sometimes. And, and, mm-hmm. and same thing about the, the, the rosary. We can just do a rosary. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to do one of those kind of rosaries. I think it's better than not doing a rosary. But I do think that there are times when maybe we should stop and smell the roses, as it were, uh, and really just kind of appreciate more fully what those mysteries are all about. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've dealt with the first two mysteries of the glorious mysteries. And we find ourselves here in the third glorious mystery, which is the descent of the Holy Spirit uh, on the apostles and Mary at Pentecost. Yes. So Pentecost, or as you love, like we refer to it as the Pentecost. <laughs> you, you, you put the word the in front of it. You're one of those old school guys. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Pentecost. Uh, and we know like that word where it derives from is uh, essentially signifying, you know, Pente being five or 50 rather. You know, we see it as the 50 days from Easter. Yeah, and so the church has traditionally um, celebrated Pentecost fifty days after Easter, and uh, and the that's and the Ascension is forty days after Easter because the scriptures tell us that Jesus was with them for forty days. Right, right. So we get that, and then ten days later we have Pentecost, and it's called Pentecost in the scriptures. So, you know, that's pretty much the mystery, and so let's wrap up the show. We're a little early, you know, so we're going to have, we're going to have 23 minutes of silence, you know. No, we're not. We're going to really, let's, we're going to delve into... Got to get to the fruit. That's right. Well, we're going to get to the fruit, but, yeah. you know, we're going to talk, we're going to pre-fruit. Pre-fruit. We're, we're pre-fruit here, because uh, we do, we always have a fruit for one of these mysteries that we've, we've kind of selected and talked about, but to understand that fruit more fully, we have to kind of ask ourselves a rhetorical question. I think most of us listening have heard of the Bible. I'm just going to pause and wait, make sure everyone nods and says, yeah, I've heard of the Bible. Uh, but uh, all kidding aside, we know about the Acts of the Apostles. And, and we, we read the Acts of the Apostles, and especially in uh, the, uh, the mystagogia of RCIA and certainly in, uh, in the, during the, the weeks of Easter, the Easter season, we are delving into the Acts of the Apostles. And we read through the Acts of the Apostles Especially, it's focused on in that period of time in the church. So when you go to Mass, you hear from the Acts of the Apostles. In fact, you don't hear an Old Testament reading. You hear a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. And so we know that the Acts of the Apostles, and we see it as called the Acts 
of the apostles because it's like it's like an action book, mm-hmm. right? It is. It's like the the it, it's everything that all the prophecies, all the all, all the uh, all the scriptures, in fact, and then all of Jesus and and what he did on the earth before he ascended into heaven, um, essentially, then takes action, right? And we get to watch like all of this stuff like become fruitful and multiply. We get to see all these things play out. So the Acts of the Apostles is when like the church essentially gets active. Right. Right. And starts doing what Jesus said needed to be done. Go and make disciples of all the nations. And we and we see that process. So here's the rhetorical question. Who is the star of the Acts of the Apostles? I mean, because we, we live in a day and age when we go to the movies and we, we see plays, we read books and mm-hmm. tell stories. And there's always like a protagonist. There's a, there's a star. Everything's kind of like wrapping around this main character. So who is the main character of the Acts of the Apostles? And there are several options, mm-hmm. right? There are several people. We can always say Peter and Paul, right? Because Peter and Paul, um, you know, they're doing their thing. And Paul really is focused on a lot. I think his name may be said more than any other name in the Acts of the Apostles. I'm right. not 100% sure about a word count there, but he's mentioned a lot. It's a good argument for Paul. Yeah, yeah, good argument for Paul. Good argument for Peter, too, because yeah. we believe that he's the head of the church. Oh, yeah. And so things like even Paul has to come back and check right. with, with Cephas, right, with the uh, transliteration of Kepha, with Peter. He goes back and talks to Peter. Right, and we see that in there. So is it is it Peter? Is he like the star of the show? And, and there's a good good argument for oh, this is just an ensemble piece where it's the apostles. It's, it's the acts of the apostles, right? Right, right? Exactly So maybe right. it's the apostles who's the main. Otherwise, it'd be the acts of Paul or the acts right, of Peter, right? Right. right? And, and and then there's also there's some side characters that you hear about a lot, like Barnabas, because Paul travels with Barnabas a lot, and you hear hear that. You hear uh, uh, other guys that are with him, and then there's like this guy Saint Stephen. Pretty important person. Yes. Who, who has got to be your favorite guy? The, he well, he's my patron, right? Yeah. As a deacon, but he is like one of the one of the seven deacons uh, from Acts chapter six, and he actually is credited with the longest homily, right? The longest uh, homily in scripture. It's kind wow. of a deacon, thing. right? So what he's when, <laughs> when he that's exactly right. So that's why I like him. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, but anyway, so there, there, there's him. There's other characters, and yes, an ensemble is 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 likely as yeah. a possibility. But I think you're setting we, us up. Yeah, we're setting. We're, well, all of us are because that's not who the main character is. Right? Who's the main character, Sam? The Holy Spirit. There you go. We should pause. Well, yeah, a Holy Spirit, right? Um, you hear those cheers? And, and so, I mean, lead us through, Sam. Why, why, why the Holy Spirit? Okay, and, and first. Just to clarify, you know, when one person of the Holy Trinity is present, all three are present. Right. right. So, so we're not saying that everybody else left. Right. <laughs> right. Everybody's gone. Like the Father's done. Right. You know, Jesus, his time is done. Right. Right. Came to fruition. And so they've gone to their vacation home right. in heaven, and that's where they are. Right. We're not saying that. Right. 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 So we, we are saying the, 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 the Trinity is inseparable right. in nature. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but, inseparable but, in nature. And prior to Christ, you know, the Trinity wasn't known, right? Uh, prior to the Holy Spirit. Well, it wasn't revealed. It wasn't revealed. Right, yeah. exactly. There was a no- notion of the one God, and we affirm that the, the one God, right? The second person of the Trinity was revealed in, in the person of Jesus Christ. Right. Right. Um, and then the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus, as he was leaving... Uh, he was telling the apostles that the Holy Spirit would come. You know, he was setting up that he was foreshadowing the book of Acts uh, and at the, near the end the of the gospel. Right, the paraclete would come. And and so 
really the Holy Spirit um, is the main character in the book of Acts. Now, it's, it's funny because, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes down at the Pentecost, a lot of times we shift our attention to Peter uh, and the apostles and to Paul, like you were saying. But the person who is on the move in all of those people and all those people who are converted in the book of Acts, all the people who, who suffered persecution in the book of Acts, um, all the people who built the church, it was the Holy Spirit moving through them that made that possible. And yeah. That, and, and that's, and that's a, uh, I want to pause for a second and talk yeah. just a little bit about uh, where people can delve into like heresy or near heresy. Oh, sure. sure. You know, there, there are people that believe that like, and, and we're clear, we want to be clear on this program and, and that we, that, that we stand, you know, steadfast in the, in the, in the teaching of the magisterium of the church in that the Holy Spirit is a person. Yes. Right? And is revealed as a person, and he is a person, uh, and referred to as a, as a person, uh, all throughout, uh, you know, in the, especially in the Acts of the Apostles, but in all, all, all through as Jesus refers to him. And, and some people see the, have always seen the Holy Spirit as like this driving force, mm. right? So something that's like, uh, you know, electricity or, you know, because this Holy Spirit had, there's references to like at, at Pentecost, and we're going to read the reading in a minute, there's like this driving wind. Mm-hmm. That's the description of the Holy Spirit being made present. And it's like, people think like see, it's like it's wind that blows through the earth. Yeah. Right, and it makes things happen. Well, even even our Lord, when he was talking, I think to Nicodemus, talked about uh, likening. He, he likened what we could say he was describing the person of the Holy Spirit as the you never know where the wind is going to blow. That's right. right. And so we see that connection, and also uh, the Holy Spirit is referred to several times as fire and being on fire with the Spirit and and the flame of the Holy Spirit. Right, and the flames, and, and so we can, we can fall into heresy pretty quick about who the Holy Spirit is by thinking the Holy Spirit is an it or a thing that is essentially uh, like that God uses electricity. God was the inventor of electricity, and that electricity is the Holy Spirit. That's not right. Yeah, like we shouldn't we shouldn't say uh, Heavenly Father send your Holy Spirit upon us. It's send the Holy Spirit to us. You right, know, like now, or, and, or or Jesus because uh, he proceeds from both the Father and the Son. That's exactly right. <laughs> Don't don't start a schism, okay? Don't start a. We don't want the churches to separate. I said yes, yes. Uh, no, I use scissors to cut paper. So so uh, all that all that said, um, then then looking, but still the Holy Spirit inspires, guides, leads, protects, um, and and so this uh, this spirit is on the move. Yeah. Right. And, and and the Holy Spirit is present in everything that takes place in the Acts of the Apostles. Yes. And essentially he is the 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 main character because none of the things that they did in the Acts of the Apostles, and indeed none of the things that happen even today in the church would happen without the Holy Spirit and his presence among them. Yeah, the Holy Spirit remains to move through the church and move through us and move through others if we let him. And so we often make the mistake of we, we often mistake ourselves for being the main character of our own story. Um, it shouldn't be that way. And that brings us to the fruit that we want to pray through today, which is making the Holy Spirit the main character of your life story. Right. So that's our fruit. Uh, and so I'm, I'm glad we did that long setup, but really so that people, fruit. well, people understand fully now, and you really said it, Sam, when you said, 
you know, we think that we're the star of our own story. And I shouldn't say star, that we're the main character. Who's the main character of, you know, the Jeff Drozimski story? Who, who is yeah. the Deacon Jeff story? If we were going to have a movie, I would imagine Deacon Jeff would be in it. Right. Right. That he'd be the main character. And yet what, what you're saying, and I, and I agree with you, is that um, Deacon Jeff or, or Jeff Drozimski, however you know me, is inconsequential in a, in a sense without the Holy Spirit. Yeah, or it'd be a very terrible tragedy if we are the center of our own story uh, because that's not going to end well for us spiritually, right? Whereas uh, it's best if we're playing a supporting role where God's at the center and we are responding to his promptings and uh, and it, that's what it needs to be about. Amen. No, that, you're exactly right. So what we should do is we're going to read, let's read uh, the gospel reading that we read uh, um, it's actually not the gospel, but it's the reading on the day of Pentecost. Yes, uh, and it's, so it's from the Acts of the Apostles. And I, I, I sometimes will say, refer. I, it's not. It's like the fifth gospel. It's not really. It's like the fifth Beatle. It's not really <laughs> a gospel. It's not referred to as a gospel, but it's written, uh, you know, uh, purportedly by Luke as a continuation of his gospel, and so it has a gospel character to it. But it's a it's it's a it's a story. It's right? like a joke that it was composed by George Martin. No, it was not. No, uh, the Fifth Beetle. Yeah, that's right. So so let's um, let's read through the Acts of the Apostles, and we're going to start in chapter two. Okay. Um, when the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together, and suddenly there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind. And it filled the entire house in which they were. Then there appeared to them tongues as of fire, which parted and came to rest on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues, as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven staying in Jerusalem. At this sound they gathered in a large crowd. But they were confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and in amazement they asked, Are not all of these people who are speaking Galileans? Then how does each of us hear them in his own native language? We are Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, inhabitants of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the districts of Libya near Cyrene, as well as travelers from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking in our own tongues of the mighty acts of God. They were all astounded and bewildered and said to one another, What does this mean? But others said, scoffing, They have had too much new wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and proclaimed to them, you who are Jews, indeed all of you staying in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to my words. These people are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. It will come to pass in, those, in the last days, God says, that I will pour out a portion of my spirit upon all flesh." Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Indeed, upon my servants and my handmaids, I will pour out a portion of my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. 
And I will work wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and a cloud of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and splendid day of the Lord. And it shall be that everyone shall be saved who calls on the name of the Lord. Now there's, there's more uh, there's more to this reading that and we won't read that even in, in at mass because it, it goes on for a while. But this is powerful stuff. Oh, it's amazing. This is the this is the heavy stuff. And and it led to three thousand conversions, three thousand baptisms that day. That, that was very, a heck of a homily. That was a heck of a homily. Well, but but that also speaks to you know these guys like Peter. Not too long ago, he was denied. He denied Christ three times. Yeah. You know he had, he he was one of the apostles who had scattered. Um, and you know our Lord, the risen Lord, strengthened him. Um, while walking alongside him and the apostles um, during that that period, but it is not really until this moment where the Holy Spirit is now working through him and descending through him, and then the Holy Spirit is working through those people who were converted as well. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's that's what this is about. It's what is the Holy Spirit doing uh, to drive history, and what are we doing to allow to get out of the way and to let him do that, and let him do that, him do that through us? And I, I don't want to let this uh, this line, this particular line, pass that we just read, where it's like, where uh, well, essentially, where the people they don't know how to deal with this. That's true. Right? And so they go. The first reasonable thing they can think of is like, well, they're drunk. It's, they're obviously yeah. drinking too much. Right. They've been in the new wine. They've been they raided the liquor cabinet, and this right. is what happens. <laughs> Right, and and that's that's what happens when you have people. I think um, even today that there's a lack of the presence of the Spirit in their lives, and so they can't recognize the Spirit at work. And our Lord used the the phrase "new wine" to refer to the Holy Spirit. How, how a new, that's right. you have that's to have it. new wineskins for the new wine. So it's funny that the people you know use that description exactly. And and I and I think that I, I think you know now the good thing is we, we've got uh, Peter there. Yes. Right. And Peter does know the spirit. Yes. Um, and and Peter then is able to say, well, g- give them a reasonable understanding and and then a reasonable expectation and literally a calling. Yeah. To say this is like this is where this has all come from. I mean, he's so he's reading from the prophet Joel. Right. And he's quoting that saying like we've been saying this for however many hundreds of years. Yes. This is the day that that's talking about. Well, and this is God. Creator of the universe, your creator, existence wouldn't be here if it weren't for him and his will, right? So, like, if if he's God, which he is, he should be at the center of our lives, mm-hmm. right? And, and we all live in this time of uh, there's a lot of narcissism in our age. There's a and there's a lot of problem I think with the self self centeredness, and I think it's important for us to if we really want to zero in on this notion of making the, the Holy Spirit the main character of our life story. I think we have to zero in on the limitations that come with being self-focused. Right. So what we really need to do um, is I, I, I enjoin everyone out there right now to go out and buy a, a mirror. Yeah. Right. Because here's the thing. We, we, we tend to be self-focused, um, but... You really need to look at yourself in the mirror. I mean, this is so. There's like really sort of a, a self examination that needs to get a full length mirror because you want to see your whole body. You want to see you, right? And then maybe just ponder, just look at you in the mirror and start to and ask yourself these rhetorical questions like, 
am I truly inviting the Holy Spirit into my life? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit? Am I praying to the Holy Spirit and inviting the Holy Spirit? I just counseled a couple yesterday that came to me for some uh, some marital um, uh, issues and discussion. Um, and at the end of the day, I said, you know, are you guys praying? Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, couples that are struggling are usually not praying. And I said, well, you know what? Here's a simple three-word prayer that you can say. You can even utter it just to yourself before you have these discussions, arguments, disagreements, and encounters with each other. Come Holy Spirit. Those three words. That's a prayer, and that's an invitation. Come Holy Spirit. Uh, you right know, the prayer. opposite side of this, and we've been listening to the Exorcist Files, you know, yeah. and it's a program about exorcism. The devil cannot possess you, cannot come into you without your, your permission, right? Without your invitation, your Right, so we do. God has given us free will. He's given us autonomy, and so we have to invite the Holy Spirit in. Right, the Holy Spirit's not just going to take us over and we're going to start levitating Mm -hmm. without our knowledge. Right, we have to invite the Holy Spirit in. Well, I think Saint John the Baptist gave us a great path for that. We could do an entire episode just on this phrase: "I must decrease so that He may increase." Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, that's become a very powerful part of my personal prayer life. And it's become sort of a, you mentioned the devil, a silver bullet to demonic attack. If you really just, in the same way that a person might pray with God is love or the Lord is my shepherd, if you pray with, I must decrease so that he may increase, you know, we're not, we're not Buddhists. We don't believe in the obliteration of the self, like the self gets, is a drop of water that gets lost in the ocean and yeah. something like that when we engage in prayer and meditation and contemplation. But, uh, there's always room for the self to decrease and there's always room for God to increase because he is infinitely bigger and more vast than we are. And we need to be grounded in our smallness and allow ourselves to receive ourselves in the, in our smallness and in his bigness. And we need to recognize that infinity and, and, yeah. and we need to do the math too. Right. Yeah. If we divide infinity, we get what infinity. Right. That's right. Yeah, and exactly. so we need to, in pondering that, it's it's that he's not quantifiable in a numerical sense, right? Right, and we need to try to as best we can in our human capacity to wrap our arms around infinity and realize that that we're inviting him to fill uh, the void that we that we create when we empty ourselves. And by being infinite and being eternal, he's also unchanging, right? He's immutable, and so th- our will we're constantly changing. We're constantly our emotions a lot of times drive our will. Right. Whereas if we if we shift our focus and we say, I'm going to seek his will, I'm going to seek first the kingdom. Right. We have to give him permission, just like you were saying before, to change us and guide us and reign over us to be God, because um, if we're not willing to take that step, there's this perfect, beautiful, infinite, eternal will of God that is love waiting to be received yeah. in us and, and, and to live through us, but it's not going to force itself himself upon us. That's right. And also I want to remind people again, you're getting the, it's a package deal. Yeah. Right. So we invite the Holy spirit and, and the Holy spirit can be uh, um, like one of the three touch points or one of the three uh, access points as it were, uh, you know, to God, in, in the three persons, three ways to address God or, or, or whatever. And, and I'll shut up before I get into heresy, right? Because it's really easy to, to do this. But realizing that there is no, uh, in, in nature, there is no separation uh, between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That, uh, that they, that's one nature. 
Well, the Holy right? Sp- the Holy and you're Spirit- getting all three when you invite the Holy Spirit. We, the Holy Spirit wills to draw us into the fullness of Trinitarian life, right? So the primary work of the Holy Spirit is to form Christ in us That's for the glory right. of the Father. They're all on the same team right. because they are the team. So the Holy Spirit, right. he, he's going to he's build us up ultimately in Trinitarian prayer and in Trinitarian love. Uh, yeah. So, so, and, and this, this, here's the thing. When we're using this opportunity, like in, uh, as we look at the descent of the Holy Spirit, we look at Pentecost as the third uh, mystery of the glorious uh, mysteries. Uh, when, we're ta- when we're praying the rosary, it will do us well to use that meditation, that opportunity in that rosary um, through the assistance of the Blessed Mother, right, yeah. to invite the Holy Spirit into our life in a way that maybe we've never done before. Right yeah. when we when we when we have when we struggle in life when we have this big mountain to move, right? We're we're going to talk to God the Father when we've lost our job. There's a cancer diagnosis. And we want mountains moved. It's like, Father, you are the Creator. You know, and it's so easy for us to pray to God the Father when we want a brother to walk along with alongside us. We're struggling with with personal relationships with our daily life, our daily walk. You know, Jesus is our brother, and we, and we pray to Jesus like, Lord, walk with me. Walk this path. You've walked it literally with us before. Right. Walk with me now. It's so easy. And then when it comes to the Holy Spirit, people don't know what to do, but it's like, come Holy Spirit, right? And we need to be in touch with that, uh, with that, uh, that person of the, of the Trinity uh, in a unique way because there are unique experiences and gifts that come to us through the Holy Spirit, Right, we're not lying when we say that there are seven gifts of the Holy Spirit at confirmation. We're talking to these eighth graders, yeah. right? We really receive knowledge and wisdom and understanding, courage, counsel, piety, fear of the Lord. Those things come to us as gifts from the Spirit to be utilized all through our life. All of them to lead us to Jesus Christ, right, and home to the Father. And we start to realize that all of this stuff is all wrapped up together, and all this because the Holy Spirit descended upon Mary and the and the apostles in the upper room, uh, fifty days after Easter. Right. What a beautiful gift, and what an opportunity for each one of us uh, in in praying the this third mystery, of the Rosary, uh, just to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, and just say, "Come, Holy Spirit, change my life." Come, Holy Spirit, be present in my life. Come, Holy Spirit, guide me, console me, lead me, love me, and allow me to 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 love others and to uh, and and to let's just ask the Blessed Mother just to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.